Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist, here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach, and trainer, Michael Lafito. Welcome back to another episode of the Luxury Listing Specialist podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lafito. You're in the right spot if you're an agent, you're a broker, you're a team leader, you're with an independent, or you're with a large franchise. There's going to be something for everybody. We launched Luxury Listing Specialist podcast uh, over 270 something episodes ago, and uh, we're getting some amazing feedback. And so, uh, please, if you get value, please leave us a like, leave us a review, whether you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, no matter where you're listening. If there's value add, I get paid nothing to bring these guests on. They get paid nothing. We're trying to raise the bar in the industry. And so I like bringing on real life examples of agents, of team leaders, of service providers, strategic partners that can bring value to our listenership. So this episode is no different before I bring our guest on. As I mentioned, if you're getting value, please leave us a like and a review. And don't forget, we launched a new series called Luxury Fridays. Luxury Fridays is every Friday at 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. You can simply find out more information by going to joinluxgroup.com. That's joinluxgroup.com. When you go to joinluxgroup.com, the first link will say Luxury Fridays. And if you click on that, it'll take you over. We stream it live on YouTube, on multiple Facebook channels and, and, and groups, as well as LinkedIn. So if you're listening to this and you're a friend of mine on Facebook, you can watch it there or go to uh, YouTube specifically, Marketing Luxury Group. So go to Marketing Luxury Group on YouTube and hit subscribe and you'll be notified when we're streaming live and when a broadcast has been scheduled. All right, Michael Lafito here, uh, 2022. We're trying to provide additional tools and resources for you as a broker team leader to bring more value. And I have uh, my guest on today, Craig Sachs. And Craig, unbeknownst to me, has been listening to this very podcast that you're listening to for over a couple of years now, and he's gotten a lot of value. And, and Craig invested in our Lux designation. Again, you can go to luxurylistingspecialist.com for more information on that, luxurylistingspecialist.com. And we're doing live events, by the way. We're doing more and more live events at the time of this recording. We're about to do an event in Denver. And we just launched a Texas event at a just outside of San Antonio, a winery. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, this event might be on the, you know, on the books or it might uh, still be coming for a week or two. So you can go to luxurydesignation.com forward slash Texas for more information on that Texas event, luxurydesignation.com forward slash Texas. So Craig invested in our designation. He did not go to our live but he went to our self-paced designation on demand, so to speak. And that's at luxurylistingspecialist.com. And Craig reached out to me and shared with me that he had a, an amazing trophy listing and more importantly, a record sale of over $5 million in his MLS that has three, th three areas it serves. It was the highest ever recorded in the MLS. 
and he took our course and he said it exceeded his expectations. And he told me about this $5 million sale. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty great. So let's talk um, a little bit further. And so I'll go into that conversation in a minute, but I want to bring Craig Sachs on right now. Craig, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can, Mike. Thank you very much for having me today. I appreciate it. You're welcome. We talked a little bit before we started. You've been licensed for about eight years. You're with Keller Williams. Mm -hmm. uh, tell everybody what your career was before you got into real estate as an agent. All right. So uh, before I uh, began this venture in the real estate, I uh, got a degree in architecture and I had been working for a better part of two decades uh, in that uh, my much of my focus during that time was on uh, luxury custom homes. And uh, so it was a, an especially useful skill set, I think, to bring into the real estate forum with me. Well, everybody comes from different backgrounds. So for you, you, you brought uh, architects and design and you were doing right. some really high-end stuff. So that was kind of your story. And we all have our story, unless you were, you know, raised by a family that, you know, dad owned a brokerage and, and, you know, handed you his book of business. We all had to start from somewhere. And, and I was a teacher for those of you that don't know, again, my name is Michael Lafito. I'm the, the host of this podcast and I'm the founder of the luxury designation. And uh, I misspoke earlier. We just launched our 172nd episode on our podcast, not 270, not there yet, but we will be there soon. Uh, and I was a, I was a full-time high school health and physical education teacher outside of Chicagoland, uh, a, a football coach, I coached wrestling, and I was a part-time real estate agent. And I retired from teaching on March 19th of 2010. And I share that with you because that experience, even as a gym teacher, helped me as a real estate agent, working with different personality types, working with difficult parents, difficult clients. Okay, these are all things that you as an agent have to, to, uh, uh, to learn to appreciate, but also taking your experience to help you. If you were to pinpoint one experience you got from your previous career, Craig, uh, that has helped you um, today as an agent, uh, what would that be in your opinion? Well, for me, I, I, this is more of a generalization. It is one experience, but I, the process, believe it or not, of sitting down as, you know, as a designer or an architect with your clients and listening to them and trying to really get a good sense of what, what it is they're looking for in a home is, is not all that different than the experience as, as a real estate agent, uh, either working with a buyer or, or even as a seller and that you, you're listening to what, what, what they're, um, perception of their home is and your understanding of of homes how they're built how you know how they're designed around the way people work and live in them and I, I think it really for me has been, really been a good platform for me to use as a marketing agent um, to to help explain uh, the essence of a home to others that's great um, so <clears throat> You know, looking back at what you did before, I always believe that you are where you're supposed to be right mm -hmm. now, you know, mm -hmm. as, as we're recording this in 2022. Let's let's rewind a little bit. You've been licensed for eight years mm -hmm. um, up until, by the way, we're going to be talking about how Craig just sold a five million dollar property. It was listed for three years and he's going to tell us a little backstory. But today's focus is how you can leverage and how when you get one of these high-end, or in this case, trophy listings, how it will help you attract more opportunities, more buyer clients, more seller clients. That's mm -hmm. really the focus of today's podcast. 
Don't forget, if you're getting value from this podcast, please leave us a like, leave us a review. Again, I'm Michael Lafito. I'm your host. We launched a new series as well called Luxury Fridays. Uh, more information coming on that. So, Craig, um, let's talk about, you know, before that $5 million listing, your highest sale ever was in the upper 700s. Your highest listing ever was in the upper listing 700s. Listing ever was in the, in the mid 700s, correct? Mid 700s. Uh, so, Tell us a little bit about this $5 million listing. Um, you had previously known them. In this case, it was listed with two other agents, correct? That is correct. Yep. Yep. So um, the, the, in, in, the, in the case of this particular property, I was fortunate enough to have been on the design team 20 some years ago. Um, and, and I did get to know the, uh, the sellers at that point. Now, granted, over time, um, we had not stayed in touch. I was one of four people on that design team. And, uh, and frankly, I was the most junior on that team. So I wasn't getting a lot of face time with the clients as, as much at that point. But sure. um, long story short, uh, the property had been on previously, as you had mentioned, uh, it began at a significantly higher number um, about uh, eight years prior, um, but it included some additional land and some additional buildings that were not part of what, what the present property uh, entailed. Um, I reached out on a whim. Um, the, the, earlier that year, I had made a conscious choice that I was going to start going after price properties that were at a higher price point. I know me. I know the way I work. I know uh, as a family guy with kids, there's only so many hours a week I, I have to put at this. And I decided, why would I, why would I not take an opportunity at, at going after higher end listings as opposed to not? Now, higher end in my mind up to that point was, you know, five, seven hundred thousand, something sure. like that. I never dreamed of necessarily going after something like this yet. It didn't feel right, but I took a shot. Yes. All right. Real quick. Um I Tell everybody which areas you serve in, in, in Pennsylvania. Okay. So I am in, I'm, I'm located in Allentown, Pennsylvania, serve the Lehigh Valley. Uh, I go up into the Poconos and down, down toward the Philadelphia suburbs. So most of Eastern Pennsylvania is, is here. Eastern Pennsylvania, pre-COVID, you shared with me offline, mm -hmm. the average sale price in your market was around 230. Yeah. And now it's around 278, you said. That's correct. Yep. Yep. All right. So just for our listeners to give you an idea, I always try to ask uh, the guest just to give you some kind of context, not just for informational purposes. Maybe you have somebody looking out there for referral purposes, but also um, give you an idea. You know, we're talking to Craig Sachs, a Keller Williams agent. He's not coming to us from the average sale price market of 1.25 million or anything like this. 278,000 is the current average sale price. And just a reminder, if you're tuning in for the first time, I'm Michael Lafito. I'm the founder of the luxury designation called Luxury Listing Specialist. And our, in our designation, we define homes. We tell agents that there's four primary price points in most markets. You have entry level or starter homes in most markets. You have average priced homes in every market, right? You get the MLS or a title company will help you figure out the average sale price for any given market, okay? We defined high-end homes for any given market as homes that are priced two times that average sale price. Now, maybe you serve multiple markets. Well, there's an average sale price then in all those multiple markets you serve. It's not going to be the same for everyone. 
We define high end in each of those markets as that average sale price multiplied by two. So in Craig's standpoint, 278 times two, you know, you're looking around 550-ish to keep it really simple is what we would define as a high end home in Craig's market in the Allentown, Pennsylvania market. And then the fourth price point bucket, if you will, there's four primary buckets. The fourth bucket is what we call luxury price point homes. And we define for our designation, for our course, for our book, we define luxury homes as homes that are priced at three times that average sale price. So 278 times three, doing the math real quick, it's around 800,000 and above would be luxury. So let's bring Craig back in. Craig, mm -hmm. so you know, you, you decided, man, if I'm going to sell a home, I got four kids. I, there's only a certain number of hours in a week. I, if I'm going to sell a home, I might as well sell a high end or a luxury one. Is that correct? That's exactly exactly uh, what I did. Yes. And uh, so I, I, I started that year with intent and really made a point to go after homes that were double or in some cases even triple what the average sale price was in our market. And to get back to this house, um, I just on a whim put put a handwritten card in the mail to these uh, these sellers, and to my surprise, I got a um, uh, an email back about three days later, and uh, um, it was almost as if it was meant to be. They uh, they told me they absolutely were thinking about uh, still getting the house back on the market sooner than later, and we eventually met with them in June. Um, and by uh, Labor Day or so, we had that property uh, on the market and uh, began marketing it. Hi, it's Michael Lafito here with a quick break from the podcast. If you are committed to increasing your average sale price and you want to work smarter, not harder, then you want to visit LuxuryListingSpecials.com for more information on the Lux designation, along with some free resources. And now let's get back to the show. So let's peel back the onion a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I tell agents all the time, you want to be the firstborn, the second wife, or the, and the third real estate agent. So in this case, you were the third real estate agent yep. for this property. Yep. Without bringing up names, without slander, without, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking, you know, were there some gaps? Were there some noticeable things that you felt you would position differently or you would do differently than the first two agents? And and share what jumped out at you. I call it the Captain Obvious, like Hotels.com, the elephants in the room. Was there mm -hmm. something like, wow, you spotted something? Guys, we talk about SWOT analysis, you know, knowing what the strengths of a home is, what the weaknesses of the home are, what opportunities as an agent, as a marketer are there in your marketplace, and what threats, you know, whether it be other, listen, other listings that are out there, what threats are out uh, there. And so, doing a fresh eyes analysis on this home, what did you spot? Okay. So when I, in, in full disclosure, when I, when I began this listing, uh, I began it as a co-list with another, uh, another agent. Um, part of that was limiting beliefs at the time, thinking I couldn't do this myself, but part of me really thought I could bring value to it. So we looked at it together and uh, very difficult property to comp. There's literally nothing like it in, 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 you know, in, not only in the region, but but for you know many <laughs> a good distance. But uh, anyway, we did feel that the price it was at before was was a bit high. We recommended a new price that was a bit lower, um, not radically, but but it got under the six million threshold, which we thought was important. Uh, so we began listening at a five point nine million. But I, I think equally as importantly, we brought in photographers and, and, and videographers and. Uh, 
really put together some really interesting marketing pieces and uh, um, just kind of put a little different spin on it. I think what had been done before was fine maybe for a normal house, but but it, it really lacked for, for this sort of property. Okay. Yeah. So so let's talk about some of those things. So and then then we'll transition into how the heck have you leveraged it and what opportunities have come. So when we talk about marketing, what part of my tagline as an agent here, uh, I'm a licensed real estate agent at EXP. If you want to hear about why I joined EXP, you can go to joinluxgroup.com, join Lux Group. I was uh, with the number one brokerage in Illinois, the number one luxury brokerage in Illinois, and I made the switch in 2021. If you want to know why, go to joinluxgroup.com. So Craig, talk to me about the marketing aspect. What were some things that you feel like you did to position this home in front of more qualified buyers or more buyers in general? Um, so what what did you do? It just so, sold in October of 2021, correct? Yeah, yeah, it did. So from beginning to end, it was on the market for for a period of nearly three years. Um, it's a our geographic area is is a challenging one to market a property like this. And this particular property too was really a good distance away from a lot of the kind of services that people want. Part of okay. the appeal of this property is that it was so rural and so remote. But it's a double-edged sword because in order to get right. that, then you're you're driving 20 minutes, 30 minutes to the grocery store to get a good restaurant and, and all of that stuff. So that was particularly hard. But the what we ended up deciding is in order to market this, you couldn't just put in the MLS. You couldn't do the, the sort of standard stuff. We had a lob market, what I call lob market, into New York City and into Philadelphia because where this property is located is about 90 minutes north of Philadelphia and about two miles west of New York City. Um, and it's really just a dot on the map to anyone else. So you have to do something to try to um, entice someone to, you know, we, our, our vision was this was probably a weekend summer home for someone, uh, unlikely to be a commuter home just because of the distance. But uh, so we, we, were, we were marketing pretty heavily into those two markets, um, as well as some other ones. But uh, okay, so, so trying to figure out where your buyers coming from, those of you that are listening, Michael Lafito here. Uh, you're listening to Luxury Listing Specialist podcast. Uh, if you know of somebody that should be a, a guest, if you want to, if you think you'd be a great guest because you got a great story, shoot me an email, Michael at Marketing Luxury Group. We're always looking to bring uh, guests from all backgrounds on. Um, so, Craig, uh, we talk a lot about the avatar. Who's your buyer? Mm -hmm. and, and and you know, and we also talk about uh, a term that we use a lot when we're trying to figure out where our buyer perhaps coming from is migration patterns. Where are people moving to? In, you know, where are they moving from? Um, and where are they moving to, right? And building relationships with your outgoing referrals and your inbound referrals, but also with Facebook and everyday direct mail and other things, you can do some, some target marketing to geographical locations or, or to business owners and influencers in those areas. Again, from a fair housing standpoint, <laughs> got to be really careful with, you know, things that you say with your target marketing and, and what, you, you know, all that. So check with your broker on, on, on uh, that sort of thing. So when I say, who's your avatar, what do they look like? How do they think? I'm not talking, they're Italian, they're Hispanic. I'm not talking that way. I'm referring to where they live. What do they like interest? Is safety important in this case, maybe having their own, you know, 
not compound, but having being off the beaten path from everything might be important. Is this a weekend getaway? Thinking about those things is really important. Um, so Craig, continue on. Yeah, so we, uh, um, and to go back a bit, when it had been listed previously, there were, um, there was rumor um, that there was a very high profile power celebrity couple who uh, had, had visited the house. And um, so that was sort of in the back of our head, uh, along with more obvious choices of who might be. We thought possibly the property could attract a celebrity just given the remoteness of it, but you're still a relatively short helicopter ride from, from the big metros. But we, um, we marketed the uh, professional sports teams in New, in New York and Philadelphia. Um, we hit high net worth people uh, in both places. A lot of um, what I used to call sniper marketing, where we would, uh, you wouldn't cast a big net, but you would try to identify targets and, and, and hit those targets. And it's a more timely, time consuming, and I would argue a more expensive uh, way to market, um, but that's uh, that's what we were doing uh, from the beginning. And uh, so you know, targeted, we had... targeted calculated marketing. Um, did you do a lifestyle video on the property? We did do a lifestyle video on the property. Yes, and that's awesome. uh, it was pretty well received. Um, I, I think we we went along for uh, probably about eight months or so, and we were we were struggling to get some traction on it. We had an occasional showing, but not a whole lot. And so, as we so approach, two showings a year, one showing us every. Uh, I would say by the time we got to uh, our one year, we had had about three showing two, maybe, yeah, I'd say three showings on this property. All right. So guys, again, it's going to be quality over quantity in those top 1% properties. You got to manage your client's expectations, whether they be a starter home, an average home, high end or luxury. But I recommend you manage the heck out of their, their expectations. If anything, under promise and over deliver, like, Hey, we might get one showing in a year and, but it's going to be quality and I'm going to pre-qualify them and I'm going to get a pre-approval letter and I'm going to talk to their banker. And if they don't provide me with that, Mr. Seller, then I'm going to do some due diligence and get their name. And if there's nothing out online about them, then I'm going to come back to you and you tell me ultimately thumbs up or thumbs down. Mm -hmm. That's how I would handle that when you're qualifying people is ultimately share with them at the end what you have and leave it to them and give them your suggestions saying, I wouldn't show it or I would, but this is the information I have. Because what would happen, Craig, if that happened with you and you declined a showing because they didn't provide proof of funds, but you got a name and you did some research, but no proof of funds like the seller required. Yeah. And then they bought a $4 million home down the road and said, man, we really wanted to buy that one, but the agent wouldn't let us see it. If that got back to the seller, man, that could be really bad. So, really? so two to three showings in the first year. And just to kind of speed this along a little bit, because yep. I really want to get to the meat and potatoes of this episode is since then, what has that done for you? You got under contract, it closed. Let's talk about that. But before we do, just anything else about while it was listed, anything unique, uh, a, a unique buyer, a fake buyer uh, before you got it under contract? Because it took you three years yeah. to sell it. it. It did take three years. We actually were under contract with another buyer for, for a period of about eight months or so, believe it or not. Uh, we got them under contract January of 2020 and then COVID hit and this financial deal that this buyer had been waiting on never materialized. So we had to eventually put the property back on the market. We had another serious buyer. We just couldn't find a way to come to terms with that one. And then 
sure enough, uh, we ended up getting our, our final buyer um, summer of 2021, and, and it was a relatively smooth closing. Um, cash? It was a cash buyer. I was fortunate enough to represent both sides. We had an, uh, Pennsylvania is not an attorney state, but we did have an attorney get involved to represent the buyer's interests. Um, we connected them with some uh, really great home inspectors and uh, some other professionals, and um, we were able to make it work. So, and, uh, and you had a previous broker that said, why are you going after this listing? Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't quite like that, but but my uh, my previous broker, very good friend of mine, and uh, he was super excited for me, of course, but he said, I'll, you know, jokingly said, I'll take 10 $350,000 listings over this one any day. Yeah. Um, but again, he was super proud of me. And oh, he was sure. the first people to congratulate me. Uh, Good. Good. Yeah. But, but, but that goes to your point that really kind of fired me up. Not, not that particular, but comments like that. And uh, you know, your, your sort of slogan, prove them wrong. I rang in my head uh, numerous times during this. I was determined to get this thing sold, you know, no matter what. And Good for uh, you. Yeah. I mean, figure I was, out a way it's like Apollo, 13. If you ever watch that movie, Apollo 13, and, yep. and they laid all the things out on the table and don't say, say it can't be done. It needs to be done. Yep. We got to yep. figure out a way. Yep. It, failure was not an option. Failure is not oh. an option. Now, what other quick takeaway on this one before we pivot is Please. I, I will say, you know, this is a property that took a long time to sell. And, and that's not all that unusual in our market in higher priced homes. And I think one of the best ways you could sort of handle that is to um, really earn the client's trust. And in order to do that, you can't earn trust unless you have really, really strong and solid communication along the way. And uh, I made a point, this, this particular seller, husband and wife, he was a real high D, very analytical. She's more of a high I, a little more creative minded. He wanted to be fed info constantly. And when I say constantly, once a week wasn't enough. So I would be spending, and if you could imagine over a three-year period, that's a lot. But that's how you build trust. And when it came time to renew our, our listing contracts, because in Pennsylvania, they're one year max, um, I had to have that conversation several times, and it, there was never any hesitation to uh, to continue along. So oh, that's, um, great. That's, a, that's a definite takeaway I would share with listeners. Thank you. That's a huge point there, right? So I talked about managing expectations, but but trust and managing expectations come hand in hand. And actually, it might not happen without the trust. The trust mm -hmm. is the key. It's, it's the foundation to the relationship so that if you give advice, like you're the expert, right? I mean, you, you know, you don't lay on the operating table and the doctor says, you got to do this. And and, and you say, well, I, I think you should do this. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, you might get a second opinion, but ultimately it's really about trust. So thank you for that reminder. Mm -hmm. uh, and did that buyer get an appraisal done, even though he was cash out of curiosity? There was, there was no appraisal done. Okay. Now that's good for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, could, that could wrinkle some things. I recently I'm had a seven and a half million dollar listing under contract and uh, the appraisal and Chase Mortgage, uh, they, they, they delayed things, unfortunately. Um, it was a, a great buyer. Uh, he was well qualified uh, and a great buyer's agent did an amazing job. Um, but when you throw into another factor, another contingency, yep. things could go wrong, even yep. if it's worth the, pro the price is worth 
the property is worth the price it's under contract with. Yep. Okay, so you just had this closing. Yep. Talk to me about you know what doors have opened, what opportunities have opened since this big trophy listing, which in this case you represented both sides. Uh, congratulations on that, Craig. And uh, tell us a little bit about what doors have opened, what opportunities, what how have you been able to track more more opportunities? Well, even even before it, it closed. Um, as I said, it was three years, but and it was it was on the radar of a lot of a lot of sellers. All right, so let's let's talk first about that because sometimes people take a listing that's impossible to sell and they might not think it's going to sell. And I'm not going to say you ever had that go through your mind, like shoot, is this ever going to sell? But you might not have got the second extension, right, the year extension or the third. So talk to me about how you were able to leverage this listing or attract opportunities before it went under contract mm -hmm. the final time. We, uh, I was able to use this listing while I had it to send postcards, other print material, um, run all sorts of targeted uh, social media advertising and, and things. And uh, inevitably, I got, I got um, at least six or eight other pieces of business from this listing. Uh, just people contacting me, seeking me out because I was the one representing that property. And uh, I have a, I have a beautiful listing up just up the road from it right now, just under two million, uh, fantastic property that uh, I wouldn't have had had it not been for for this property. And uh, that one, we're still looking for a buyer on that one as well. And uh, you know, again, this one's going to take a while. We've had that one on the market for a bit more than a year at this point. But so, uh, so that brings up a good point, Craig. Again, we're doing these luxury Fridays next week. We're doing it live. Uh, at a mansion tour we're doing in Colorado, but mm -hmm. uh, but maybe the following Friday, Craig, jo join us on Luxury Fridays. Send me that link of that two million dollar property, okay. and I'll include a fresh eyes analysis. How does okay. that sound? That sounds wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, it's a, it's a great property. So if anyone does have a buyer looking for something a little bit rural in eastern Pennsylvania, do uh, do keep me in mind. No, that's great. Thank you. I will, uh, and they will hopefully too. So. So uh, great. So, you know, you were able to leverage this. You got this $2 million listing. Uh, mm -hmm. You got the closing. Tell me mm -hmm. a little bit about post-closing. Um, any press, any PR, any any opportunities uh, from that standpoint? Yeah, I mean, there, there definitely was a buzz created by it, uh, certainly within the real estate community. And the people were excited to have a closing at this number. Uh, it definitely helps values of other properties in that sort of corner of, of, of our market. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you, uh, yeah, the, the day or two after that thing closed, it was really gratifying to get my, my phone seemed to be blowing up at times from other agents and, uh, just other people wishing goodwill and congratulating. That was a really great, great part of it all. Uh, That's great. Well, yeah. Congratulations on that. So, uh, do you work more buyers, sellers, or both? I'm, I'm, I, I am heavily on the uh, seller side of things. I'm probably about 65, 70% on the seller side. Okay. I take buyers, but generally I don't seek buyers. I take the ones who call on my listings. Or, yeah. 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 And that's really, those of you that are listening, the name of the game is listings. Live, you know, live the list, right? A mm -hmm. sign in the yard is better than a sign in the car. So listings are magnets. Okay. They're magnets. 
And you get more listings, you'll get more sign calls, more internet leads, mm -hmm. more opportunities. Again, we love working with buyers. The name of this podcast is Luxury Listing Specialist. It's not Luxury Buyer Specialist. However, we love working with buyers. The listings will be a lead magnet and you can leverage other people's listings and working their open houses or going to other broker open houses. We've talked about that in the past. We talk about that on our Luxury Fridays. Um, some great information. Uh, Craig, if somebody has a, a referral or wants to reach out to you, but they have a referral in Allentown, Pennsylvania, or, or they want to reach out to you, what's the best way for somebody to get in touch with you? Uh, two best ways are you can go right to my website. Um, I have a strange spelling name, so uh, that it includes it. But uh, my, my website is Craig, C-R-A-I-G, uh, Craig Sachs, S-A-C-H-S-E dot com. Or you can call or text me to 570-954-3543. And uh, certainly I'd be very happy to help someone out with a referral in, in our area. Uh, thank you again. Again, his URL, his website is Craig, C-R-A-I-G, Sachs, S-A-C-H-S-E.com. Craig, keep raising the bar. Good luck on that $2 million sale. Thank you, Mike. Really appreciate your time. It was nice chatting with you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for investing in our course. Uh, again, just a reminder, if you guys have any questions for Craig or for me, feel free to shoot me an email, michael at marketingluxurygroup.com, michael at marketingluxurygroup. We're always looking for new guests, new topics. And uh, don't forget, you can join us every Friday, same time, same place. It's on our YouTube channel where we stream it live. You can go to Marketing Luxury Group on YouTube, go to YouTube and search Marketing Luxury Group and hit subscribe. And you'll be notified when we have our next uh, Luxury Friday uh, scheduled, or you can go to Join Lux Group, join L-U-X-E group, joinluxgroup.com. And that is uh, the top link says Luxury Fridays. You click on that and you'll be redirected. And again, we are growing our group. We're growing our organization. Uh, we have agents in all 50 states and 18 countries. If you're looking to work smarter, not harder, and be part of something really special, go to joinluxgroup.com and reach out and we'll have a private conversation. My name is Michael Lafito. Thank you so much. And as Craig uh, alluded to earlier, prove them wrong. If somebody tells you you can't do something, I hope that creates a burning desire for you to prove others wrong. Keep raising the bar in real estate. Don't forget to turn off the news. They want to divide you and me. Build others up. My name is Michael Lafito. Make it a great day.